0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you as always from Deep Within the Outer Rim, Far Beyond the Watchful Eyes, of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley. Joining me as always is my co-host,
1: Mr. Gar- Garrett K. Jones. The galaxy has been a very interesting place in the last uh, the last week.
0: Uh it has been. <laughs>
1: We got a nice little downpour here where I am, and uh, lots of uh, it was a nice bit of rain. We need more, we're supposed to get some more over the next couple of days, so that'll be nice. Yeah,
0: we we had a little rain uh, yesterday, and <clears throat> um, uh, today I actually got some snow. It's uh, cold and clear right now, but we had uh, some flurries, so. It was a uh, blustery day today. My uh, bus that I work in was blowing quite a bit as I was driving down the road. had to really hold on to it. But we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about Star Wars, the show that we love. And so that's why we complain about it all the time.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, You love it. We, we we love it it's our it's our thing and uh, <laughs> we've made it our livelihood well not really our livelihood we we I'm
0: like to any um, money on this topic. yeah yeah we um but uh for our year in show i thought it would be a kind of a fun to kind of look back at uh, just what's gone on in the star wars universe and in the War of the Stars universe over the past year. um, I didn't really have time to pull up any clips or anything like that to yeah. go through and like, what of our favorite episodes, but just kind of um, <laughs> just well, going to go through and re- re- reminisce.
1: Yeah. So uh, this year has been a very, in- uh, nor- l- l- let's kind of back up. Normally okay. at this point in the year, what we end up doing is we end up doing a, um, a live stream of our viewing of the Star Wars holiday special um that was not something we were able to do this year yeah um,
0: um, for, yeah we we apologize if you're looking forward to that um if you were and your name isn't uh will will uh yeah. North Tuba, then i apologize and i we will make sure you get the correct psychiatric treatment uh no seriously but this
1: season did show us um we had a lot of stuff come out star wars content wise uh at least and i'm not even talking about or uh graphic novels or anything like that we're talking strictly um visual media like shows and cartoon series and stuff like that and we had quite a number of projects that that were released this year yeah yeah uh, I mean, let's start um, Bad Batch Season 2. Bad so that, Batch Season 2, man, that was... Like, it felt like a lot of... Some of the episodes were just kind of like filler or scaffolding episodes, but mm-hmm. it was a really... I mean, the storytelling is still really legitimate. It's yeah. still solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, And really set the... To- I mean,
0: really set the stage for what will be Season 3. Um. Do you think they end with season? Do you think it ends with should end with season three?
1: I think so, Um,
0: because it can only go so
1: far, right? And I don't know. Like season two is one of those... It's it's the show has been pretty solid throughout. Um, Mm -hmm. My my concern is that we can only until we get some kind of resolution. Like we can only go so long, and I'm I don't want this show. To be something that goes on for you know five or six or seven seasons, yeah, yeah. because Disney can milk it. Like there's something to be said about having a a an endpoint. Yeah.
0: I agree. I agree. I don't think you can I don't know even in today's in today's market, if you can do a even if, even if, if even if a a long series like that, like a multi-series, like like with the Clone Wars, like you know seven seasons right. or eight, you know nine, you know five seasons like that is even possible in today's
1: world. Right, and and I mean it's an animated show, and the fact I mean most animated shows don't run for that long. I mean unless you're you know archer family guy or the simpsons yeah most most animated series whether they're for kids or adults it doesn't matter they don't last very long mm-hmm. um and so the, the i mean there's got to be an end at some point point. Yeah. and yeah. i i think the more concise the storytelling the better we'd be, be we the better off we will be as an audience mm-hmm. i agree i agree um but I mean season 2 was was pretty solid. Um, I am looking forward to season 3. I am too. I am too uh you know get some closure to Omega's
0: story. Uh yes. and um And I was thinking even else. the crosshair as well. Crosshair. Now here's the question. Is Tech still alive? I, God, I hope so. I like Tech. I did too, but I don't know. I to me, and I think I we talked. About, I think I talked about this. Whatever the episode aired, where he died. Yeah, I think for me, having him be alive in many ways negates his sacrifice.
1: Oh, absolutely! It would make it would make it completely meaningless. Meaningless. The, yeah. At this point, maybe that would be the thing that drives uh, Crosshair to rejoin the team. Yeah, because one of his brothers is now dead. Dead. Yeah. Yeah, I agree So, next up we had Mandalorian Season 3 mm. This had a lot of promise But uh, you and I were both very, very torn on this one
0: I, It was, yeah It was one of those shows that When they when they hit it They seemed to knock, really knock it out of the park And do great, great episodes But mm-hmm. then when they missed The mark they they misforce than a stormtrooper.
1: Oh, seriously! Um, like everything, like this one, it kind of went off on its own thing, and it was less about Din Djarin and, and Grogu and Yeah, I almost it, wish
0: they would have they would have labeled this one the Mandalorians. That would have been that would have been better instead of just the Mandalorian the Mandalorians because. That's basically what it turned out to be. It was not about just Din. It was about all of the Mandalorians.
1: Well, and if anything, it was it was more about Bo Katan than anything yeah. else. Yeah, she was the she was the linchpin for this whole season, mm-hmm. and and I we discussed this during our our review of the of the season with each episode that Disney did the same thing that they've been doing for the last couple of years between Marvel and Lucasfilm projects uh, where they take previously established characters, especially male characters and make them, you know, l- like, l- you know, some lesser degree to the, um, to a female character that comes in and just yeah. takes over and shows them how to do things the right way. Yeah. I mean, we had that happen with for crying out loud. We had it happen with Ant-Man and the Wasp back in february we had it happen here with uh with season three of the mandalorian we had it happen again <coughs> with this summer's biggest box office fail uh which was indiana jones and the uh, dial of destiny mm. and i don't know about you but i'm i'm kind of tired of seeing characters that i really enjoy being pooped on just yeah. to same picking up some other character yeah regardless of whether it's male or female. I don't like that. I agree. It's not good storytelling. It's it's storytelling with an agenda,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think it, it's it's very weak. Yeah.
0: Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. I I agree. And I mean, there's so many times where you could. Yeah. I... And there was like a lot of things where there's no real resolute. Like the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole secondary storyline they had with uh, the doctor. That really, I, I, it looked promising for a while and I was kind of interested in it, but it didn't really seem to go anywhere. Yeah. And then, I'm sorry, but the ending just felt sitcom-ish. The very ending. What do you mean? Like the very last scene of Mandalorian of season of season three, the Mandalorian, where he's at he's at that he's at the house and Grogu's playing, and it does the circle closeout.
1: Oh yeah, Grogu.
0: I'm just like, really, that's that's how we're ending it.
1: Well it felt I mean it started going into sitcom territory when we go into what was that episode 4 and we have Lizzo and Jack, Jack Black, Black making an appearance yeah. as a as the ruling couple of some random planetoid and I'm like I'm sorry but you want me to continue you know turning off my brain to enjoy this story but you're throwing in actors and mus and musical acts who are so like their personalities are so beyond um, that the moment they step foot on screen i'm taken out of that suspension of disbelief yeah
0: yeah and i understand from their you know their point their point you know they're they're fans and they're like oh we have a chance to be in star wars cool and i don't know if i would have if i was in their shoes if i wouldn't have done the same thing i've been like Holy crap, I'm in Star Wars. I can be as crazy as I want to be. But yeah, it's Jack Black. Jack, I didn't have as much of a problem with Jack as I did Lizzo. Lizzo seems so out of place.
1: She does. And and like, I don't know. Like it just something about her doesn't strike me as being like an actual fan of Star Wars. So yeah. it's like
0: with I Jack, know. I Jack, Jack seems like
1: like I can believe he's a Star Wars fan. I can too, but still like with the way that he presents himself, the kind of personality he shows himself on screen, like if he wasn't such a big big name celebrity, I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't wouldn't have such an issue with it. Yeah. Like yeah. I still think like one of the some of the best roles he ever did were in the low budget like where he was still kind of an obscure actor like high fidelity opposite John Cusack or even uh, playing the bad guy in uh, the never ending story part three, where like you barely knew he was there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, he has the potential for being a very intimidating presence. Now he's, you know, he's kind of a, he's kind of a, you know, it's a joke to see him on, on screen with, unless he's doing something goofy and funny. He's become a character of his own, of his own self. Yeah, like he plays
0: good. into, and, and with with a few exceptions, he's one of those actors that Jack Black always plays Jack Black. Like he I always think. plays the same. It may be like a different character, but it's always basically the same: over the top, loud,
1: obnoxious, very musically inclined character.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- I think he did. I I liked him in Jumanji.
1: I did too, and that was a that was a role that was very good for him because it was very different. Yeah. Because he wasn't exactly he wasn't exactly playing himself, but he was. It was it was very different. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think one of my favorite roles that he was in was Tropic Thunder, which yes, he plays that that you know that comedian who's become a caricature of himself, and yeah. it's kind of weird how like life is imitating art. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't a dude playing another dude playing a dude. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Anyway. We still leave that to Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Um. So the next thing that came out was Young Jedi Adventures. That came out in May of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, My daughter only, loved it. I've only seen a handful of episodes with my son. He is not into it. Um. In fact, when I put it on for him in the past, he's like, I don't like Star Wars, and that breaks my heart. I I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm I'm working on him. I but know he, I know. But no, he likes um, Godzilla and he he enjoys what he enjoys.
0: Yeah. They that they're as uh, you know sometimes that's what it is. You just gotta enjoy what you gotta enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um but no, Lily Lily really enjoyed it. Um I and I I like the fact i think too much in star wars there's been this idea of gatekeeping and star wars has to be this is what star wars has to be and it has to be just this all the time
1: are you getting a phone call <laughs> i was getting a phone call which is weird because i've got my uh, do not disturb on uh-oh So anyway.
0: Anyway, um, but I like the fact that there can be Star Wars out there. That's not for me. Yeah. That's not for that's for a young you know, the younger generation. Um and can, you know appeal to the those younger kids and um but yeah, you know, well Lily and Lily's been my daughter's been watched Star Wars since she was 2. Um, yeah. So she's always kind of been around it and kind of been uh my my uh my my wife would say that she's tr- you know trying to make sure she doesn't you know fall too, fall too much to the nerd side. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's going she, to happen. She jokes and she said she that my wife jokes about herself and says she's nerd adjacent. Awesome. <laughs> she she is not one her,
1: but anyway, um... I think I think one of the things that I mean, like I like, um, I think Young Jedi Adventures is a great way to introduce newer young ad- uh, audiences to the characters. Yeah. Although, like, I'd be curious as to know where this falls in in the timeline of the canon. Because I like, want to
0: say it's high, high Republic.
1: I do too. Because like Yoda doesn't seem nearly as wrinkly as he could be. Yeah, and there's no mention of the
0: Clone Wars or anything like that. So I'm thinking it's and like if I remember, there's like Obi Wan or Anakin or none of those are in it. Right. So I'm thinking it's High Republic.
1: Yeah, and I, what's interesting is that they're all. They're all kids, so I would assume that they're all Padawan of some kind or another. Um, but these kids get a lot of, especially kids that are supposedly supposed to, like ten at the oldest. They're given a lot yeah. of free range to go all over the galaxy, and I'm like, um, what? So it says, yeah, right here it says Star Wars Young
0: Jedi Adventures take place during the High Republic era. About around 200 years before the events of this, of the uh Skywalker saga, it takes place in a remote Jedi temple established on Tinu, an yeah. exotic world full of adventures.
1: Okay, yeah, okay. So, partly, I mean, a lot of it just feels very much like has the same kind of formula as like some of the other shows that Disney has out there, mm-hmm. like uh. Spidey and his amazing friends, and yeah, yeah, and PJ Masks and some of the other things. Yes, both of which my my daughter loves. Yeah, Uh. (laughs) but when it comes to animation, I think I think I enjoy I definitely enjoy Star Wars Visions. Um, I still haven't finished season two. Uh, Really, I I I need to go
0: well, and I need to re re up my Disney uh, our Disney uh, subscription ran out and. We were having some trouble getting it getting it back, so I think we do, but I just have to figure out re-sign on and watch it again. Yeah.
1: That new Doctor Who. I'm not a big fan of Doctor Who to begin yeah. with, and the more recent stuff I could do without anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Star Wars Visions, like I'm like I'm hit and miss when it comes to anime. Yeah, but I love animation as an art form, and so mm-hmm. like when I when the first season came out, I love the fact that you know. Each studio took a, a chance to tell a Star Wars story that was unique and different, had its own art form, its own style. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast of characters in season one was pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the cast of actors as well. But then season two, I think, knocked it out of the ballpark because they, they didn't just stick with anime style. They took animation from all over. From all over, like they you had you had animation from Ireland, Spain, Chile, the UK, uh, South Korea, France, India. That in fact, the the episode that you could tell where it's based out of Indian culture. Yeah, I thought that one was beautifully, mm-hmm. beautifully animated. Um yeah. just the the colors are so so gorgeous and and yeah of 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 effects is just so well done like i know that people you know that they talk about animation as being just cartoons but it's like it is so much more than that because the visual medium can give you so much scope so much grandeur in a way that live action cgi just can't do
0: yeah I I did like the uh, I, I I think it was the UK one that was the stop motion, mm-hmm. uh, kind of gave me a Wallace and uh, Gromit kind of feel yeah. to it. I thought that was really well done and and very much in the vein of you. You could tell like okay that one's got a lot of UK humor to it. It's got a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they all all the ones that I've seen just knocked it out of the park, just like you said. And um, yeah, I, and I like the fact that. They they gave the directors and the animators such a wide berth to do what they to do whatever they wanted to do. Well
1: and, and not only that, but it stayed within the scope of Star Wars.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was Is different, that... but you could still tell it was Star Wars. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And it still and... was in that vein, you know, but you know they basically gave them an empty sandbox. They said, "Here's the sandbox, you know, stay in the sandbox, but you can make whatever you want in the sand. Here's some water and some stuff. Have fun."
1: Yeah. And I, I thought it was I thought it was very well done. Like I think one of my favorite ones was uh it was the the first episode of season 1. It was called Sith uh from mm. El Giri Studios in Spain and the color palette on that, I mean, yeah, was just brilliant. And then, like, uh, and then the second, the follow up episode, "Creatures Reach by Cartoon Saloon out of Ireland, they were oh my gosh! Like, I think Cartoon Saloon is the same studio that did, um, oh, what is it? Um, Legends of the Kells, I think it's called. Um, it was, and it was just such a a uh, like the style of the animation is just so well done with what they were trying to do and what they were trying to accomplish, yeah. and I thought it was so so very cool.
0: Yes. Um. But then, of course, we end with Ahsoka the last uh show that we've had for this this year so far uh well yeah not so i mean the years i don't think they're gonna release the show before the end of the year now but yeah
1: no skeleton crew is supposed to be they push it to some either i think i want to say late january maybe early february of 2024 wow Yeah, Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Yeah, the the all all it's giving us is uh first episode date 2024. 2024. Okay. Um
0: but I think we both agreed uh Ahsoka for us was the biggest disappointment of all the shows.
1: I'm not sure which was a bigger disappointment be, between if it was Ahsoka or if it was Mando season three. Yeah. I mean, Mando had I mean both shows had great things going for it. They had solid cast of actors for mm-hmm. the most part. They had um some of the action sequences were pretty good, but it felt I don't know, like Ahsoka just it felt like it fell flat.
0: Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um I think for me what it is I had such high hopes for it. You know, uh, it. You know, Dave Filoni seemed like he was given full reign over it. Uh, I know he didn't direct it every episode, but... You know, this seemed like it was going to be his baby. You have a fan-favorite character from the start. And... It just...
1: Well, and the thing of it is, is... like the. I think one of the things that really annoyed me about this whole thing is that... Uh, like the performances were so wooden. Like yeah. I have seen Rosario Dawson in so many other projects. Uh like I actually last week I watched The Haunted Mansion for the first time. Uh the 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 remake that they did uh just this last year. And I have to say I really liked her in that. Yeah. The like she she showed a great range of emotion, and I, and I get that she's trying to play Ahsoka as this very subsumed. You know, emotionless character, but like mm-hmm. that's not how Ahsoka was. Even as a mature adult, you know, going through the Clone Wars and into Rebels, that wasn't her character. She wasn't emotionless. Yeah, she wasn't a robot, and and that's how she's played off in this in this episode. Uh, uh, Sabine Wren is a character full of she's a Spitfire. She is a pistol, yeah. and yeah. we see none of that attitude. Yeah, none of that yeah. spunk. In anything um that uh, that the actress did um ve- very bland um I, I the best performance we got hands down I think had to be um Balin the um, Ray Stevenson as Balin skull oh, he is yeah. he's like he's charismatic he's intimidating he is you know there's something very stoic about him but at the same time, You get the sense of vulnerability from him. Yeah, he had it all across the board, and
0: he does. He makes the people around him when he when he's acting when he's on screen. The characters around him become better. Yes, like they're like they become more. um, You know, I I like the you know the interaction between him and his apprentice.
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah. She, um, he, it was, he's, was, his, I don't know. It just, I think there's so much more that could have been done with the show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like.
0: And I think, I know we talked, again, we talked about this when we were reviewing the show. The other problem they had was there are so many instances where if you hadn't watched Rebels or Clone Wars, you had no idea what was going on. And the yeah. show did nothing to help with explaining what the heck was going
1: on. Exactly. And that and that in itself was problematic because at yeah. least, like, mo- you're, like I said, throughout our reviews of Ahsoka, your average Star Wars fan is not going to know who this character is, especially if all they're doing is going off of the live action stuff. If yeah. the only thing they've ever seen was the movies because they saw them in theater or they've seen them on video or on streaming, what have you, Yeah, then they're not going to know who this character is, right? Seeing her on this new streaming show, great. Okay, cool. Why is she important? What, What does that make you know? Yeah, but we don't get any of that. All we get from the show, if you're an average viewer, is okay, she's got a connection back to Anakin Skywalker, um, she's got a connection to all these other characters. And if you haven't seen Mandalorian season two and parts of Book of Boba Fett. Again, it's not going to matter why she shows up because it's not that big of a a reveal for you. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with Thrawn.
0: You know, Thrawn felt. You know, I said it before. There's a meme where it's uh, it shows you know it shows Thrawn in the EU and it's 3D chess. Thrawn in the in on rebels. It's just regular chess. Yeah. Thrawn in uh, Ahsoka it shoots in ladders. Yep. I mean, I, he did so many things that were just, you're just like, wh- it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any, we never, we never know, we still don't know what his end goal is. No. No, we and, still don't know.
1: And that right there, I, I think is, I, is weak storytelling at its finest.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I think, you know, only thing I can think of is, maybe they're they're trying to do something where like we're not supposed to know what his in-game is even us the audience isn't supposed to know what his in-game is right, so, but the creator
1: should know that yeah yeah and there yeah. should be some hint of it at some point like it feels the way that everything felt like instead of doing it as like a mini series where you have a, a legitimate beginning and a legitimate end mm-hmm it should have been one of those things where it's like they should have planned for an ending that leaves yeah. it potentially open for follow-up, but gives us a satisfying ending. We don't yeah. get any yeah. of that. It's, the ending of the show felt like it was specifically filmed in a way that they're like, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to get a second season. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The powers I, that be at Disney are kind of tanking at this point.
0: But, um, anyway, we're coming down to our, our time, our time for, for this. Yes. Um, so, you know, despite all our, our complaints, um, I think it's still been, it's been fun reviewing these shows. It's been fun talking to you guys. Uh, even the times where there hasn't been shows, um, you know, I've, uh, we have had a good. We've had a. I think
1: I don't know. I can. Speak, I don't know if I can speak for Garrett, but it's been a blast. Uh, it definitely has been a blast for me. I mean, I, I I get to sit there and talk Star Wars for like you know on a weekly basis. This is great. I know how. I mean, what how much more better can it get? Maybe getting paid. Yes, getting yeah. paid would be great. So if if you're one of those people that thinks it's fantastic for podcasters to get paid. Hit us up on Patreon because. Um, well, I'm going to hit hit something there too because uh, I might
0: as well make the announcement. We have a uh, a new way you can support the show. Kofi.com. Kofi.com forward. It's it's K O I dash K O dash F I forward slash War of the Stars. All lowercase, all one word. Uh, you can leave a digital tip there. It's just I think it's just a little bit easier. Uh, to maneuver through and into your work than patreon is uh and you can do single time donations you can do monthly donations however you want to do it but if you enjoy the show that's a uh easy quick easy way to support the show and tell us how much you enjoy
1: it um so yes yeah and one of the things that we'd like to do as a uh as a uh a way of saying thank you for those of you Uh, once a month, we'll find out who our, our largest supporters are at the end of the month. We will give you, uh, we'll give you an invitation to come onto the show. If you're open to that. And for all, for anybody who supports the show, we will give you a shout out. Definitely.
0: Definitely. We want everyone to know who you guys are. And uh, yeah. Uh, With that, Garrett, why don't you tell the people out there where
1: they can find you? Well, when I'm not uh, uh, chatting out about uh, Star Wars, I am on my Instagram accounts at GKJ underscore publishing. You can also find me on X on on that same handle. And you guys, I sit there and talk about my books, The Archives of the Sync Rand. There's five books in that fantasy series, as well as my show on YouTube, The Right Way, where we talk author interviews, top 10 book review, uh, book recommendations and uh and creative writing tips uh, i just had an episode come out this last weekend and uh so far it's been a pretty good hit so yeah
0: awesome uh as for us you can find us uh, of course oh my, my sorry my i had a brain brain fart there for a second Wow. Uh, anyway. We're not
1: strong with him today, guys. No,
0: no. If you want to get a hold of us, the best way to do that is through our email, warofthestars one at gmail.com. That is also our X handle, Twitter handle, whatever it's called. Um, Twix. Twix. I like that. Yes. Uh, at War of the Stars1. Uh, took us out there. Took us out on Instagram, Facebook, and all their social medias under War of the Stars. Uh, just search for the stars we will be there somewhere. Um, we are of course, a member of geek news. Now uh, we are fueled by fan. Let us know what you thought of the year in star, the year that was in star Wars, what you liked and what you didn't like. Uh, we want to hear from you. Cause of course, as I just said, we are fueled by fans here at GNN. So let us know again, if you want to support the show, uh, ko-fi.com forward slash for the stars. Uh, you can still go to Patreon if you want to, uh, or you can buy our merch. Uh, just go to spreadshirt.com and check out the merch store there. Um, uh, check us out in, uh, on GNN, the GNN uh, podcast feeds wherever podcasts are heard. Just go uh, search GNN Geek News Now. Uh, and you should find us there. And that will do it for this year. Uh yeah, we'll be wish- back in 2024. 2024. We want to wish everyone out there a very Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy, happy, festivus. happy festivus for the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, happy New Year. And a happy new year. We will see you in 2024. Until next time, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next year, may the Force be with you. This is the way. Hashtag justice for Wedge.